Hello and thanks for tuning in to Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. It's great to have you with us and thanks for tuning in. This is the penultimate week of this series of talks called Hope for Humanity. God's good news of salvation for all mankind has been our overall theme for the last 15 weeks. Our title today is Greatly Mistaken. So let's discover with Brian now why he chose that particular title. All right, John, thanks. Well, we all make mistakes. Sometimes great people are greatly mistaken. I'll be reminding you of a few of them today. People who got it so wrong that it's amusing to us in retrospect. Like, for example, the workers whom Edwin Drake tried to enlist for his project to drill for oil in 1859. They reacted by saying, drill for oil? You mean drill into the ground to try to find oil? You're crazy! In the Bible, Joseph's brothers thought he was crazy too. You see, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaves rose up and also stood erect, and behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brothers said to him, Are you actually going to reign over us? Or are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. But the brothers' opinions were totally wrong. Motivated by jealousy, they sold him into Egypt to become a slave. There he was falsely accused and sent to prison. Who then would have predicted he'd end up as Prime Minister of Egypt? Speaking of Prime Ministers, here's a quote for you. It will be years, not in my time, before a woman will become Prime Minister. That was the confident prediction of Margaret Thatcher in the UK in 1974. Five years later, she herself was Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. The Emperor Ferdinand didn't show any better judgment when he offered this opinion. Far too noisy, my dear Mozart. Far too many notes. That was after the first performance of The Marriage of Figaro. Clearly, not everyone agreed with the Emperor's opinion. Staying with music, but of a very different style in more modern times, we come across this quote. We don't like their sound. Groups of guitars are on their way out. That was the verdict of Decca Recording Company when turning down the Beatles in 1962, before they went on, of course, to international success. Decca's decision to reject the group is considered to be one of the biggest mistakes in music history and no doubt lost them a fortune. But sometimes much more than money is at stake when mistakes are made and subsequent events show human opinion to have been disastrously wrong. One day... The Jews said to Jesus Christ, What sign do you show us as your authority for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It took forty-six years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. In the most important matter of faith, with eternity in the balance, we dare not rely on the opinion of others when making our personal judgment. If all of human opinion is against it, you can still depend confidently on any statement of Jesus Christ. No one who puts his or her trust in him will ever be disappointed. 
or ever have cause to look back with regret. Every word of Christ stands to this day, unlike the words of other great men, which the passage of time reveals now as foolish and hopelessly misjudged. The greats of the world of science are no exceptions. Radio has no future. Heavier-than-air flying machines are impossible. X-rays will prove to be a hoax, so said British scientist Lord Kelvin in 1899. In 1932, no less a scientist than Albert Einstein said, there is not the slightest indication that nuclear energy will ever be obtainable. It would mean that the atom would have to be shattered at will. And the same happened with medical science. Listen to this howler. The abdomen, the chest and the brain will forever be shut from the intrusion of the wise and humane surgeon. This was then the considered opinion of the illustrious Sir John Eric Erickson, surgeon extraordinary to Queen Victoria in 1873. One day Jesus Christ gave a medical diagnosis which flew in the face of current medical opinion. It was when one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and on seeing him fell at his feet and implored him earnestly saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. While he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue official saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any more? But Jesus, overhearing what was being spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the synagogue official and he saw a commotion, and people loudly weeping and wailing. And entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him. But putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions, and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which translated means, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for she was twelve years old, and immediately they were completely astounded, so Mark records in chapter 5 of his Gospel. Who would presume to cross swords with Jesus Christ and offer a contrary opinion as they did? Whose opinion are you listening to today? Don't be swayed by any amount or weight of human opinion if the conclusion drawn is at variance with the claims of Christ. During the course of technological progress, there have been many classic examples of human short-sightedness in assessing the potential of new inventions. Here's one from a Western Union internal memo dated 1876. This telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. The device is inherently of no value. Whereas on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean, the British Post Office sniffed the Americans have need of the telephone, but we do not. We have plenty of messenger boys. So said Sir William Priest, chief engineer of the British Post Office in 1876. Similar dismissive opinions were made about television and military aircraft, but perhaps the greatest misjudgment came in 1943 from Thomas Watson, the chairman of computing giant IBM. He said, I think there is a world market for maybe five computers. At least one engineer at IBM didn't learn from this, and when commenting on the microchip in 1968, he said, 
but what is it good for? Even more recently, in 1977, the president, chairman and founder of Digital Equipment said there is no reason anyone would want a computer in their home. One man who was much more reserved in his judgment was Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, respected by all the people. He said, men of Israel, take care what you propose to do with these men, who were Christ's apostles. Let them alone, for if this plan or action is of men, it will be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may even be found fighting against God. They took his advice, and today Christianity is still flourishing on a global scale. But not all school teachers have been as judicious. Take the Munich schoolmaster, who shockingly announced to a ten-year-old you will never amount to very much. He was speaking then to young Albert, that's Albert Einstein. Much the same with the Sunday school teacher who came to a shoe shop in April of 1855 and led a young worker to Christ. Another of his Sunday school teachers later wrote, I've never met anyone who seemed less likely to become a Christian of clear and decided views, much less fill any place of public usefulness. But under God, D.L. Moody became a spokesman for God and a changer of nations. But the greatest teacher the world has ever known was put on trial as follows. Now the chief priests and the whole council kept trying to obtain testimony against Jesus to put him to death. Many were giving false testimony against him, but their testimony was not consistent. The high priest stood up and came forward and questioned Jesus, saying, Do you not answer? Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. They never saw it in their lifetime, but one day they will. This is no mere opinion or wide-of-the-mark prediction. The man they ridiculed and judged worthy of death will soon judge them while seated at God's right hand. Do you believe that? With its poor track record, will you err on the side of human opinion? Or will you follow the man whose claims confounded critics again and again? It is a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15.
Now, if you'd like to receive one of the books based on the transcript of this series of talks, then please tell us and make sure to let us have your postal address. Ask for the title Hope for Humanity, and if you wish, we can put you on our mailing list to receive books automatically as they come out for each subsequent series. Just let us know if you'd like that. You can order by email or by post, and I'm about to give you our contact details, so if you've got pen and paper to hand, you can make a note. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, you can also hear these programmes again by looking out for Search for Truth, uh, which features on www.twr360.org. And we're quite excited that this would give you another excellent way of accessing these programmes again that you first heard on the radio. So, thanks once again for being with us today. Next week is Brian's final talk in this series, and it's called Changed Lives, and I'd be delighted if you can join us. Until next week, then, very best wishes from Brian, from David, from our singers, and from me, John. So goodbye, and may God richly bless you. Yeah.